try to see i'm going to try to see anomalisa before the next time we record i don't know if there'll Should be time be the, um, the um, title of that so i can uh where um so i can take a look at it myself it's on amazon um i believe it's still on amazon prime uh i don't know that it is it might be on netflix as well but i'll go ahead and send you the link um i haven't seen it yet but yes yeah, so he did synecdoche in new york and confessions of a dangerous mind should be on some streaming platform. In fact, I'm going to look on canistream.it right now and see if it is. Because that, that, that one's fun. It's just bizarre. And I mean, it's not, you know, it's not Naked Lunch Bizarre, but it's um, uh, it's bizarre in its own way, and it's funny. You will never see that guy in the same light after you watch this movie. <laughs> You'll be like, what the fuck? Oh, it is, oh, it looks like, well, it says Netflix DVD, so it might be available. I don't know if it's available streaming, but it's definitely available in disc form on Netflix. So uh, that's something. Unless, let me, so let's see. I might check out, uh, no, I might maybe, see if it's on solarmovie.com, I think. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Solar yep. movie? Okay. So like Solar, Solar Babies? Babies? No, probably not. Yeah, yeah, something like that. God, do you remember that? You remember that I movie? Do. There's a there's a discussion for another time. I need to see that movie again in order to talk about it. It's gonna be a while. It's been a while since I've seen it. <laughs> that was a bizarre. I saw that film when I was young, and it it didn't get less bizarre when I watched it later in life. <laughs> it was. I mean, it's not a bad movie. It's just. Um, no, I like bizarre movies. I think like they're the 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 more bizarre, the better. It's just it's different. It's a science fiction nice. film, you know. It's post-apocalyptic. It's it's interesting. You we were solar babies, yeah. It's uh it's its own kind of. I tell you, the only the only film that God, I yeah. ever I ever really dis didn't like, or when I I took it back to the, I took it home from the uh, from the video store, watched it, and took it right back, and then told them they should remove it from the shelf because it was total garbage. What movie was that? Water Farm Massacre. Ooh, it sounds terrible. Yeah, it, it really was. It was. It was basically about uh, two twin brothers, right? Uh-huh. And they were visiting their crazy aunt and her whacked out son on a farm for the summertime. And uh, well, aside from the from the the son being you know going around killing people, right? The the sun beam going around yeah, killing he goes people? around killing people and shit. Um, oh, okay. The, Sorry. Um, 
The mother slipped a roofie into one of the brother's drinks and basically raped him in bed. And uh, her son basically fist-fucked his own cousin in the ass. So the other brother got fisted. Oh, my God. It was a really bad, awful movie. It was just total garbage. Sounds awful. It was, it was. But, you know, I think, is it called, is it just called Splatterbomb? Yeah, that might be it. Or is it a 1987 movie? That was a direct, it was part of the direct video movement. Oh, God, you know, there's another movie that was direct video that was, I mean, I don't think it had that level of stuff happening. It was pretty, pretty ponderously successful considering how, uh, relative to its quality. It's a little film called um, uh, Hell Roller. Hell Roller. Yeah. It's, that's a, that's a ponderous film. Interesting. Um, it did it did really well because it did it did well pre-selling. Basically, um, it it's shot for barely any money, and then when the guy, I mean, it looks like it was, and when it was put together, it was uh, sold, I think, for I think maybe ten dollars a tape to video stores and various people, and the guy ended up. So I mean, this is the story. It may not might not be true, but the guy sold like something like ten thousand copies to, uh, just on to the. Uh, just a video store market, so did pretty well on on uh, on uh, making a little money on it. But yeah, that direct to video market is dicey at times. I mean, you know, one of the first high profile ones, if not the first uh, direct to video movie, was that movie Theodore Rex mm-hmm. with uh, Whoopi Goldberg and the uh, dinosaur puppets. Okay, that doesn't sound familiar. Yeah, I think you might be able to watch that one on that. I would recommend that one, actually. That one's a fun movie. It's uh, it's 1995 Buddy Cop science fiction film. Mm. Yeah, I, I know everything I keep saying to add to it just makes it sound weirder and weirder. It's it's, it's like I could have, you know, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Buddy Cop science fiction family film with Whoopi Goldberg and a dinosaur puppet are cops. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. In an alternate futuristic society. So, so basically, her partner is a uh, a puppet dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you do you remember? I didn't see this, but I understand this was a thing. I think it was Henson put out. And there's a a television show called Dinosaurs, yes. and it was and it was like puppet, but really good looking puppet dinosaur family. Oh yeah, type it was like one of my show favorite or something. Shows. It's like that type of puppet dinosaur that is with okay. tail and short arms. And wearing like a windbreaker and sweatpants with the ass ripped out because he's got a huge tail that has to go through it. <laughs> and and Whoopi Goldberg. Right, and, and Whoopi Goldberg. In the in the future, they are cops, cops in the future. In the future. Yeah, this it, it is it is bizarre, in the, but it is entertaining. It is. I would definitely <laughs> check it, it out. Is, yeah, it's so, probably one of the. It's probably one of the shows that she doesn't like to talk about. Uh, can you imagine well, like meeting with people? Uh, I've like, heard. What happened to your partner? Yeah, you know the dinosaur. Well, yeah, well, yeah. It's, what are you talking about? I don't uh, remember doing that. Yeah, yeah you know, wait, you're like you're... in the future and shit. You're like busting. You're busting assholes with your your partner T Rex. You know. Yeah, Theodore. Theodore. Yeah, that's you're, you're so Ted Theodore. Yeah, Ted Ted Rex is it? Let me see here. Does it say his name? His name is Theodore Rex. Yeah, so Ted, Ted Rex. But yeah, um, Ted Rex. So yeah, check it out. So there, it's funny you say that because Gold, Whoopi Goldberg says one of the uh, links here. The Whoopi Goldberg had made a verbal agreement to star in the film in October 1992, so three years previously. She attempted to back out. <laughs> I was Iverson right. fired it. <laughs> 
Abramson filed a twenty uh, U.S. twenty million dollar lawsuit against Goldberg, which they settled very quickly. Goldberg agreed to star in the film for seven million dollars, wow. which was two million two million more than the original originally agreed upon amount. So she had a nice payday, oh, yeah, she did. but the but the budget. So yeah, if you imagine without her fee, okay, so the budget was thirty three point five million dollars. In 1995. Oh, it came out in 1995? In 1995. It was originally intended for theatrical release. It went direct-to-video and consequently became the most expensive direct-to-video film ever made at the time of its release. Wow. Yeah, it was going to be it was going to be a big a big release. You know? and then, uh, <laughs> they had to give Whoopi Goldberg more money. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But, you know, if you see the film, it's, it's not that bad. I've seen, I have seen worse movies. Believe me, I've seen worse movies. I mean, that movie you just you described, Splatter Farm, sounds like a much worse. Oh, it film. is. Uh, I just pulled up the uh, it, plot for this because I I mean I saw this when I was living in North Carolina. Um, ugh, yeah. Sorry, that wasn't a, that wasn't ugh for North Carolina, by the way. It was just I was thinking about the film and uh, I haven't uh, Splatter Farm, and I was just moved back to it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you would think it's from North Carolina, but no. Um, no, no, that's not what I mean. I was just saying yuck because I was thinking about the, the all the things you described in the movie and like, and as you were describing it, I was I was starting to just put together all those images of things you described, and that's what I said. Why I said ugh. but it, unfortunately, it, it came out at the same time as you were, you know. You said so. I saw it when I was in North Carolina, and then I go ugh, and I, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a, I wasn't I, I'm sorry no, I wasn't was, trying was to put down North uh, Carolina. <laughs> So it was distributed by Donna Michelle Productions, VHS, and Camp Motion Pictures. Apparently it's on DVD now. Release date was 1987, running time 70 minutes, country, United States, obviously. Uh, let's see. Mm. Plot. Twin brothers Alan and Joseph spend the summer visiting their Aunt Lacey at her secluded, run-down property, not knowing that she has a necrophiliac attraction to her deceased husband whose body she keeps in her house. I forgot about that part. And that her uh, farmhand... Oh, it's her farmhand. Her farmhand, Jeremy, dismembers mm. local town folks and uh, stores their body parts in the barn for uh, uses later on. I think that... Don't give me a spoiler alert, but... Um, Sure, sure. I think Jeremy actually turns out to be the aunt's son, if I remember, because, uh, again, spoiler alert, he gets all, like, pissed off and, like, uh, uh, sticks a, uh, some dynamite in her and, and watches her blow up, basically. Jeez. And I think the husband is Aunt Lacey's brother, too, now that I think about it. Yeah, 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 it was that bad. It, it sounds oh, awful. It was. It, was, it, it sounds... Was... It sounds it, it, amazing. Yeah, it was awful. amazingly awful, oh, man. It was. It was. I mean, I mean, I looked at the box, right? Mm. And it had a cool box. That's what attracted me to it. And I'm reading the back of it, and I'm like, okay. I mean, I basically read that particular thing right there, and I'm like, okay. I mean, this sounds like a like a typical '80s slasher film, right? So maybe it might okay. be cool. So I'm like, all right, I'll give it a chance. I rented that shit, took it home, and I'm like, this is not a, this is not exactly what I was expecting. So after I watched it, I took it back immediately. I'm like, this is crap. You should take it off your shelf. They didn't do it, of course, but yeah. my little protest. No. Yeah. Well, anybody who wants to take a look at this film, they can watch it uh, on standard defi definition on Amazon for three ninety nine. <laughs> 
Um, let me know what you think of it. I'm certainly not going to see it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if I can, I mean, not if I have to pay for it. I'll see it free sometime, but uh, I'll have a look Let's at see. it. Let's see. Maybe it's on YouTube. Um, uh, six. On it says, you know, that little bit on IMDb where it sees it shows how many people have liked it on Facebook. Um, there's a thing, by the way. It says 68 people have liked wow, it. Wow, so 68 people actually like that movie. Yes, but apparently nobody that I know, because as, as it does on when it has the thing, it says 68 people like this. Be the first of your friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's um, that's okay. I'm good. I'm yeah, fine. I think, uh, I think I'm fine with that, too. But, you know, considering how much of a cheerleader I am for um, uh, Vulgar, or have been in the past. Um, Vulgar's a better film, right? I mean, oh, yeah. Vulgar's a right. way better film. And apparently, uh, on YouTube, this video, which basically is the full movie of Splatter Farm, this video requires payment to watch, and yeah, I'm good on that one. But uh, Vulgar is definitely uh, a worthwhile watch. Oh, yeah, yeah. See Vulgar, people, if you get a chance. And also, play Don't Starve. Don't what? Uh, play the game Don't yes. Star. I'm sorry, I got it. I've been playing a video game recently. That. Uh, oh, okay. Have you played? Have you played Don't Star? No, it's good. I mean, yeah, yeah, it is a good game. It's not for everybody, but it's um, it is it is a survival game, and it is uh, the the point of it is to to not starve. But you you basically gather resources. It's kind of like Minecraft, except it's not first person and blocky, but it is in the sense that it's uh, it, it's Minecraft in the sense that you gather items to make new items. Oh, nice. Yeah, you're sort of dropped into the middle of this world, and, like, you, you got to go around gathering, like, tw twigs and grass and wood, and then it gets dark at night, uh -huh. um, and then there's a, a... So you need to have some light, or else you get eaten immediately by something in the darkness when it gets Ooh. totally dark. Um, and, and the entire time, it, it's got not just a health meter, okay? It's also got a hunger really? meter and... Yeah, and a, a sanity a meter. sanity meter too. Yeah, so there are things in the game that can make you go crazy as you as you uh, basically go crazy, and then eventually your hallucinations can kill you if you're not uh, if you let it get get too low. But also if you let your hunger or health drop, and your hunger depletes consistently. So you kind of not only do you have to be out getting resources for like camp and and you know, trying to make weapons and tools and various things, you also have to make sure that you keep eating, and and uh, also try and figure out which foods are kind of do the best, you know, for you, or else you know you're you're gonna not gonna make it through the night or through the next day. It's it's, uh, but it's also really nice. fun. <laughs> it's it's kind of Tim Burton kind of funny, funky, like uh, it's it's a little cartoony but dark cartoony, or like um, Edmund Gorey's uh, stuff, or like. And then for a series of unfortunate events are kind of, you know, it's a little, little kind of funny dark. I don't know. Sounds like a good game. But yeah, it's a fun game. Uh, what uh, platform? And the thing is, you're going to die. You know, there's no way. Uh, well, you can get it on PC, I think, on Steam. Uh, I wouldn't recommend, unless you have a, a really fast Android device, or an, uh, you can't get it on anything less than an iPad 3, except maybe an iPad 2 mini. Um, it's available on uh, Xbox. Xbox 360, it might be available on PS4, but the, the I got I picked it up the Giant Edition was on sale and that gave that was the original game and then a couple of the um, expansions bundled together because they have an expansion called Don't Starve Shipwreck which I haven't played yet but it looks like it takes place on the water and I really kind of want to get used to the original game uh, before I move into Shipwreck so I've been playing that 
Um, uh, don't start. Let's see here. Uh, is it available on, on? It is. It's on Xbox One. It's on PlayStation Four. It's on PlayStation Three. It's on Lynx. It's on uh, Microsoft Windows, PlayStation Vita, iOS, Android, and Wii U. So it's on several. Nice. Several. It's on several platforms. It's on several platforms. Yeah. Well, you heard it, folks. Get out there so, and play it. Yeah, have some fun while you're at it. When you're in the middle of watching dark movies about serious things, uh, be sure to have some fun by playing a slightly dark movie about something serious like like starving and losing death. your sanity That's also funny. and being yeah. attacked by creatures in the night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sleep, sleep well, kids. Sleep well, kids. Don't, don't starve. starve. We just give you fucking nightmares. And by the way, don't, <laughs> don't worry rape each Yeah, other. definitely don't do that. And don't go around ass-raping clowns either. Right. That's bad. I think that uh, I, I think that's yes. Ass raping clowns is bad. <laughs> Mouth raping clowns is bad yes. too. Um, nostril raping clowns is bad. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it used to be the game used to be free. Um, where was the beta testing? I'm looking for the thing here. Let's see here. Oh yeah, Crashlands. It's another game called Crashlands. I'm going to be trying out at some point if I can get it on my. Uh, Tablet. tablet. I have a tablet. I don't, I don't even really use my tablet that much anymore. What kind of tablet do you have? I got the uh, damn. I got the uh, I got a Galaxy Tab Three. Oh, yeah, nice. I got it like a while ago. I have. It's an Android, Android yeah. tablet. Yeah. What do I have? I have a. I have some kind of Samsung here. It's a. It's an LG. Because it's made by LG. Um. Uh, I think it's also kind of a Galaxy, but it's like a. It, it, it's a Samsung. Yeah, it's a Samsung. LG, yeah, but it is. It runs an Android store. And by the way, if you I don't know if you can see on here, um, you can see there, don't starve for for Android, but it doesn't work yet. No. So I have it. No, I have it, but it doesn't work yet. Oh, it, I, so I sent you the link for that Hell's Bells documentary if you wanted to oh, watch yeah, part I did. of it. And I mean, because I'm definitely, I'm certainly going to watch part of it because uh, it's been literally like uh, what 25 years since I mean. Good Lord, how long ago was 1992? About 25. Yeah. Yeah. Tw- Fuck me. Good know, Lord. Lot, right? 25 years ago. How old was I 25 years ago? 17? No. 42? No. Was it? Was I 17? No, oh, that was the year I turned 18. Well, I was 18, 10 years 74. old. Fuck, I can't do math. 1992, I would have been, I would have been 18 that year, because I would have, I was born in 74, so two years later I'd be 20. Yeah. Okay. Jesus. But yeah. Yep. Okay, so I sent you the link, and it is oh, it's it's right between where it says it's right between Anomalisa and a note that says here's the doc I was talking about. It's long, because it is. Part one is an hour and twelve minutes. There's also part two, three, and four. You don't have to watch this, by the way. I'm, but I'm definitely going to watch at least the first. Oh, part I'm definitely going to. I'm definitely going to watch it this week. If you're listening, entertainment, everyone. You should definitely always least, listen to the Anti-Social Show because we are the best podcast around. We are the upcoming phenomenon that you definitely don't want to miss out on. Oh, by the way, a good podcast called Your Mom's House you might enjoy with uh, comedian Tom Segura and his wife, Christina Pazitsky. They're both comedians. Uh, they've been working for a while, and uh, they play clips and talk about stuff, and they also have a YouTube version, but... Get a chance. Uh, you might like their stuff. Their fans are called mommies. Really? Yeah, because the show is called Your, your Mom's House. house. I'm going to so check it's, that out. It's, yeah, Your Mom's House podcast with Christina Pajitsky and Tom Segura. Nice. So, 
It's it's on Stitcher and uh, I'm not sure if it's on SoundCloud. It's on Podbay. It's on it's on the iTunes Store. It's on a few of those platforms. So yeah, you might you might enjoy that. Good chance. Uh, your mom's house with Christina. Got it. Yeah, that's 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 a pretty good podcast. They are also really good about like if you sample something they had on their show and something that they said that that uh, that you liked and thought could be remixed. They are really good about playing remixes that their fans make for them. I think we should start doing so. That. Well, you know, I already kind of do make remixes of podcast people. I mean, there's on my you know SoundCloud page. not only do for a vacation you were in sore need of one. Oh, absolutely yeah man I, uh, after like the past two weeks you know at, at you know with the, at work with the snowstorm and you know a, a long ass week before that it kind of all hit me at once you know what I mean oh yeah yeah absolutely so yeah definitely <clears throat> uh, definitely much needed and uh, you know uh, it, it couldn't have came like quick enough you know what I mean so yeah no yeah I imagined I mean, I remember like the last time I took a I took a vacation. You remember like, it was like, it was a, that first night. In fact, I was on vacation, kind of like now. In fact, you and I like we we recorded probably from like twelve thirty almost to sunup because that was the uh, the night that uh, Cat from Strange Times came on. Remember? I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a pretty uh, intense night of uh, you know recording and shit. It was a pretty long night. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, it was uh, it was interesting. It was absolutely. quite the uh, min- it was quite the mini marathon. Oh, absolutely. Uh, very mini, though, comparatively to say. Um, uh, just thinking, it's been this year will mark uh, five years. Uh, this year in um, sorry in December it will mark five years since the uh, end of the world, as predicted by the Mayan apocalypse people. Really. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, they were the ones that thought the world was going to end in December, I think, twenty second of twenty twelve, or something like that. Or I, I, it was one of those. I remember um, going back. Uh, well, that's that's the Mayans, right? Yeah. Okay, I remember going back probably to two thousand two thousand nine. I want to say two thousand ten. No, it's probably two thousand nine. And don't even ask me why I started listening to this. Um, this is called Family Talk Radio. Um, on the AM station, and it's mostly like you know, like a like a Christian station. Uh-huh. So don't ask me why uh-huh. I started listening to this because I'm not like a big you know religious person, not by any stretch of the imagination. I don't you know really affiliate with uh, Christianity, even though I was I was baptized. But um, so I started listening to this, and there was a guy who had like his own show. His name was Harold Camping. If you uh, you heard the name, right? Oh, I'm familiar. Yes, I have heard the name Harold Camping before, certainly. Yep. So he had his own, he had his own show where people call in. But now, keep in mind, this show wasn't live. This was all already pre-recorded ahead of time. So all the people already called in, had their questions and stuff. And what he basically did was, his show was he had the Bible, and people called in with questions about certain passages 
you know, from the Bible, and he would look it up and he would explain it. So back mm-hmm. in 2009, he predicted that the world was going was gonna to end that year. And, like, a lot of people, like, sold their houses and gave shit up and bought RVs just to drive around to spread the word. And when it didn't happen, Family Radio had to put him in, like, you know, protective services because a lot of people wanted to, like, really kill him, you know? Yeah, it was true. I mean, he, uh, I think, yeah, he predicted that it would, uh, that Jesus Christ would return to Earth on, uh, was, like, May 22nd, uh, May 21st, I think, 2011. Mm Mm-hmm. Mhm. And yeah, that was uh, so. Yeah, I remember that pretty well when, uh, or when, when it, uh, or at least I remember the uh, the time leading up to and just after that pretty well. I was like, oh boy, this guy is really in trouble now. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, he's not any different, you know. If you if you look throughout time, there, there's always been. Um, there's always Eschatology. been a preacher or, you know, uh, some type of holy man to, to say, you know, this is when the world is going to end. And, you know, I have, you know, direct knowledge from God, and he told me this. And in Harold Camping's, uh, in, in his views of it, he didn't talk to God directly, I don't think. I think what he did was he said that he was the only man who could... Um, read the Bible, you know, uh, interpret the Bible, and from that predicted the end of the world. And, of course, obviously, it turns out he was wrong, too. Certainly. You know, there was uh, there was something called the Great Disappointment uh, beforehand. And um, do you ever heard of the Millerite movement? Uh, no. So I learned about this on um, uh, QI, that, that British uh, panel show that I have enjoyed so much in the past. Um, I've seen it up to... Uh, Series L, I think, K or L. So I haven't seen. No, I think K was the last one that I saw. But there, I think they're on to M or N now. And anyway, so you learn a bunch of different facts and whatnot, and things interesting uh, stuff. And it was funny because it had uh, mostly comedians and personalities uh, making jokes and having fun as they were attempting to get through this information. I don't know. Have you ever seen QI? Or did I ask you that already? I think you asked me that already. I don't. What is it called? It was called QI, also known as Quite Interesting. No. And it was, yeah, it's a good show. It was available on YouTube also. Um, but uh, it's, and it's, it's not very long. It was only about a half hour, although there's extra long versions that add about another 15 minutes, and those are fantastic if you're, good, if you're a big fan. Anyway, so there's this guy, right? And uh, there's this oh. thing called The Great Disappointment. And it, and it was due to this thing called the Millerite Movement. Uh, and it was called, they were called Millerites because uh, there were people who, who uh, uh, there's a Baptist preacher named William Miller, and he uh, said that Jesus Christ would return to Earth in 1844, and what he called the Advent. Huh. Apparently, so it was apparently, apparently he was wrong as well, though, right? <laughs> yes, but not only was he aware, uh, or, or sorry, not only was he um, uh, wrong. Uh, sorry, as we know, because as far as we know, we are in fact still here, unless we're all living in a simulation. Um, or some other equally bizarre type thing, but um, his uh, some former Millerites took up and uh, created their own um, their own churches, including I believe the uh, Seventh Day Adventist Church and the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, really? Well, they were, well, I guess uh, yeah. The founder is I, so I it seems uh, as far as I understand they were the uh, they were the um, they were previously Millerites. Uh, so yeah, as far as 
what do they call end times or eschatology. And I say by we, I mean, uh, I guess me and the other people who uh, call it that. I don't, I, I'm kind of a amateur, uh, studier of eschatology in the, in the sense that I have a little more than a passing interest in it, but I don't, but I don't necessarily seek out as, you know, as much information. I don't, I'm not trying to write a book about it or anything. I just enjoy the, uh, the uh, various end of the world predictions that have occurred. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I find that I find that stuff actually quite fascinating. That you know people can can say that they've actually talked to God and God's going to give them and only them, you know, the divine you know insights of you know when the planet's going to end. You know, right? Yeah. And, it's, and well, each, but yeah, it's, each culture has their own outlook i guess or their own perspective of how the world you know is ultimately going to end and the thing about christianity is they they only accept you know the whatever the first year the first day or you know that is in the bible they only accept that so the world technically didn't exist before that period according to christians anyway yeah it's, it's interesting stuff the end of the world you know oh absolutely i mean you know, I mean, it's it's it is very fascinating. Um, <clears throat> different, like I said, different people's outs, you know, outlooks on the the end of the world. You know, it's it's, and no one really knows when the world is going to end anyway. I mean, unless you know somebody you know in a third world country has a nuclear bomb or something, like, well, the world's going to end today and hit that. Well, let's not even joke about that because we all know who has the uh, you know the fucking new codes right now. Ooh. Yeah, you know it's it's interesting. We've been uh, watching, uh, we've been revisiting uh, James Bond films uh, recently. Laura and I have, and um, with Laura, it started that Laura had never uh, seen any of the Roger Moore ones. So we started. I, I've seen almost all of them. So uh, all of all of the Bond movies, almost all of them. And so I, uh, so we started. I mean, she had seen Sean Connery ones mostly, and I think a couple of the Pierce Brosnan ones. But uh, at the, but uh, but but so anyway, so she got a chance to see um, what basically what the 1970s part of the Cold War Bond film looks like, essentially. Um, so I mean, it's it's uh, it's post. Uh, Diamonds Are Forever, which was the last official James, uh, James Bond starring Sean Connery. He went on to do a non-Eon uh, or Eon studio uh, James Bond film called Never Say Never Again, as you might well know. Uh, uh, I've heard the title, yeah. Directed by, uh, I believe, Irving Kirshner, who if you, I think he directed Empire Strikes Back. He did uh, The Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, I believe Irving Kirshner did. Uh, didn't he direct that? Um, I'm not sure who the director was. Okay, well, it wasn't uh, uh, Lucas because uh, some I don't remember why it wasn't, but there's a whole there's a there's a documentary somewhere about the history of Star Wars that addresses it, um, and I, I never really <laughs> got too nitpicky about it. Uh, so anyway, uh, what, what was we talking? <laughs> We're talking about James Bond movies, I believe. I think, yes. I think so, Tyson's having a Kevin Smith moment, everybody. Right. So the reason why, so, the, so at any rate, uh, in these James Bond movies, there's always, um, you know, there's a there's a kind of a not exactly a world threat. No, there's usually a world threat of some sort occurring. 
starts on a local level. Like um, anyway, my point was is we recently gone back and started watching the original Sean Connery ones uh, again. So Doctor No and From Russia with Love, and then we did Goldfinger, and um, you know Nuclear. Doctor No came out in 1962, and it was only like it was less than two weeks before the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, and uh, the one of the the main elements of the uh, of the movie is in fact nuclear power. Uh, in the book, I think it was bat guano as a form of fuel or something. I'm not sure, but but at any rate, uh, the book also I think came out in '58 or something, and the first Bond movie, as I said, '62. So it was just be- just before you know uh, that happened. So you know by the time that happened, uh, you know for Marshall with Love uh, comes out a-, a year afterwards, and also I think Kennedy. Uh, uh, let's see. Well, Kennedy was killed in November of '63, I believe, and I'm not sure when From Russia with Love came out. But the difference was is that so there was somebody with a nuclear uh, with with nuclear power in the first Bond film, and by the next one, there's already kind of like a sense of like it's the Cold War, but let's try and you know find a way that both sides can agree kind of thing. <laughs> And that was in 1963. And, you know, yeah, so this made, is why people should not have nuclear power, really, because they want to do shithead things with it. You know? So check it out. Have you ever seen Goldfinger? Because it's oh, I, similar, yeah, I did. I've I, I seen it like a real long time ago. Goldfinger is actually a pretty good one. Do you remember what he what he wanted to do or what his idea was? I do not because it was years ago. Okay, well, I won't spoil it, but I will say it's uh, – well, I, mean, I won't spoil it exactly, but I will say it's very similar to uh, what ended up being, let's see, uh, uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh, so sweet. that's all I'm going to leave. Going to leave that to the nerds to figure out the connection there. Uh, the nerds. The other nerds, I should say. I yes, count the myself other nerds. We are a nation. Yeah. Sweet. So, so, yeah, the, so I will definitely, the, I will definitely uh, rewatch it because I watched it years ago and I was my my dad was a, a big Bonds you know fanatic, so I used to watch like you know James Bond all those kind of you know films back in the day. Yeah, they're inter- they're entertaining and uh, you know with our current political situation, it's interesting to look at what the world, uh, look at what the world was. Uh, creating his entertainment in in the middle of like i guess post mccarthyism but like also uh, nuclear scare essentially i mean i think yeah so nuclear was on everybody's minds uh, you know for a little bit there but like we actually had the, the probably the closest we'd ever come to world war 3 just after the first you know, counterintelligence spy bond film uh, you know there have been other spy movies but i mean like this was you know, it, it became, you know what I mean? It's just like a perfect storm of, of, of uh, timing. And by the way, you remember how we were, we were talking about how uh, movies would like, you know, in order to be considered uh, great successes, they had to um, triple the budget that was put into them? Oh, absolutely, yes. Okay, so real quick, and then uh, I wanted—I was curious about what you were going to, uh, that we wanted to talk about that you brought up earlier in the week. So let me let me just get this out real quick, Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, so so the budget of Doctor No, 1962, the first James Bond film, right? Right. Was 1.1 million dollars. Really? In 1960, in 1962, yeah. That's a lot so, of money for 1962. So it only has. Oh, you think that's a lot of money? It only had to make it only had to make 3.3 million dollars, which is you know <laughs> even more. You know, in order to be you know extremely successful, five million dollars people are crapping money. So. Wow. 
How much do you think that that first movie made? Um, I don't know. Well, it made it made uh, a half million short of sixty million dollars. That's six zero. It made fifty nine point five million dollars. Wow. From from one point one as an, as a budget. So that's the investment. One point one million dollars from various sources, and then whoever gets all the money back from once it's split up, then that's how much there is to go around. More, however, it's split up. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not even around. I don't know how these things work, so I don't know. I, I can't even speculate as far as like you know. But everybody, you know, who at least wherever the money came from, wherever the hole that was left from the money that was put into the into the movie, it got filled, and then almost sixty times as much more. Hmm. So that's that's some you know that's like well, you imagine putting a dollar in a hole and then coming back to the hole and it's you've got three twenty dollar bills in it instead. Oh, absolutely. So then, you, what would you do if, you, if that happened? I don't know what well, would I mean, you do. Well, I'd put more money in the hole and see how much money would come out of that. True. Yeah. 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 True. Well, you know, you know, it's funny because we're talking about this. The and this is real quick. We're talking about the size of budgets, right? Yes. And I said that 1.1 million dollars. That's how much that was, I believe. Uh, you know, we mm-hmm. we basically um, for 1962 was a lot of money. So then. While you were explaining this, you know, the, uh, you remember the Beverly Hillbillies? I do. Okay. Well, when Jed Clampett there, you know, struck the deal with the oil company, they're like, we're going to pay you $1 million. And now, in 2017, like, a million dollars, you know, is not really a lot. I mean, it is a lot of money, but it's not really, like, a lot of money. Like, you can't even really consider yourself rich. For just having a million dollars. That is, that is absolutely. Um, in fact, have you ever run the inflation on that to see what uh, kind of money that would be in today's money? No, I, I didn't. Well, I can do that right now. <laughs> so, so let's see. Beverly Hillbillies. Actually, do you know? I I don't happen to know what year that uh, movie or that movie what that when that show started. But I, I think I'll it was the 1960s. Okay. All right. Beverly Hillbillies season one. 1962. And I was right. So, so just at the same time as the James Bond, uh, as the first James Bond film. So, yes, good on you, by the way. Yes. So, inflation calculator, according to the consumer price index. Okay. So, it only goes up to 2016. So, let's see. The amount of money is $1 million. Yeah, $1 million. With. That's one with six zeros. One, one, two, three, one, two, three. All right. The initial year is 1962. The final year is 2016, and then I'm going to submit that and see what it comes up with. There are also other ways to do this, but this is according to the Consumer Price uh, Index, I believe it is. Bureau, Bureau of Labor Statistics. Okay. Oh, jeez. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, well, no, that's about right. Okay, so what cost $1 million in 1962 mm-hmm. um, would cost uh, $8,062,530.57 wow. in 2016. Also, if you were to buy exactly the same products in 2016 and 1962, uh, what would cost $1 million now would have cost $124,926.11. Really? Yep. Theoretically. That's, that's according to the inflation calculator. That's nice. All right. 
Yeah, I used to, I don't know why, but uh, it would come up a lot on like this morning show or during Lunar or something in the past. People would throw out figures out there and they'd talk about how much money it was back in the day. And then they just sort of let it, you know, hanging because nobody would, nobody would look it up, you know, because they're, they're busy talking about stuff. And so that's how I would start interacting with the show is that I was like, well, hell, I'll look it up. And then I tweet it to them. And if they want to know, they can, they can read it if they want to. Yeah. So, I mean, that's. Yeah. It's good to be the answer man, really. Well, it's it, it I, you know, it, it feels useful uh, on some level. Sure. Uh, so, so it's not, yeah, it's not. I don't like feeling like a know-it-all because I'd like I'm curious about stuff, and I, I would oh, like to, you know, something. I'd like to have the answer to a question I'm curious about. There's, um, there's nothing just, wrong with curiosity, my friend. Uh, uh, yeah, they do say something about it uh, behaving unfavorably towards cats, but. So, anyways, so that's our that's our show, uh, everybody. So you know, chill out, come with us. You know, come check us out every uh, every week. We have a new episode. Uh, escape your mind. You know, get you know, escape the everyday stress and all that other bullshit that you know we're gonna be faced with for four years. And come chill out with us and uh, join the awesomeness. Yeah, come listen to us cope. Absolutely. And remember. Be decent to each other. And that's our show, kids. Good night. That's all, folks. That's all, folks. Have a good time, folks.